You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Yes, people, it's been a while, but here once again with another Fully Booked Meets, you have myself, Mace. Myself, French. Myself, Andrew. And let me introduce to you, we're meeting today, a guy that goes by the name of Ash Assets on Instagram. Just clap you in, we do that with our guests. Appreciate it, boys. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Ash, thanks for being here. We know you travelled a little, quite well, not a little, a little way, a big way to come be here today. Yeah. Can we, first of all, just get into a bit about Ash? Who are you? Well, uh, you know, Ash Assets, formerly known, you know, recently known now, but yeah. um, Ash is fine. Ash, Ash Nathan Grant's my full name. Yeah. And yeah, man, I'm just a normal guy, man, coming from places where similar, where you know, a lot of people come from, yourself included, yeah. you know, that low income, you know, council estate background, kid up, kid from the block, innit? So, yeah. you know, I'm just a normal dude just trying to, trying to do something phenomenal, man. So I I'm just it. out here and uh, just giving back to people, man. That's, that's kind of my thing, man, is... Uh, like to give back and and just give as much value as possible man that's that's definitely my mission going forward perfect you've got your kind of government given name and now we've got this kind of ash assets where's the assets bit coming to what tell us yeah, a bit about that in all fairness that wasn't even really that much of a, a deliberation it was more i stumbled across that because again we're going to a little bit of it but my main kind of uh you know philosophy behind this is that not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur we understand that right not everyone's built that way and that's cool and there isn't you know one way to skin a cat but i do believe everybody has the ability and should take the responsibility to become either an owner Mm -hmm. or an investor. That's kind of my thing. So that's where the name kind of come from is like be, be an asset more than anything. It's not so much, we, you know, we get onto owning and and having assets, but yourself is the first asset. You know, you, you, everyone's born with greatness. No one's born, you know, as you know, we have this advantage advantages, but we have the ability to be great. Everyone has that. So that's where that, you know, assets only comes from. This is be the, be the first asset, you know what I mean? And then continue to build up, build assets only from there. Mm -hmm. Jumping on what you said, what's the difference between an investor and an owner? So an investor, I would say, is someone who's looking for opportunities, you know, and and again, they 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 you know operate in the premise of um, buying assets or acquiring assets more so. So an investor, we look for opportunities. Whether you're a short-term investor, you know, you've heard the word trader, yeah, yeah. or a long-term investor. I mean, that's that's my premise, and that's what I let's say I am. Um, let's see the word teach. Um, I'm not a financial advisor in any way, you know, disclaimer out there, but um, I don't tell people what to invest in or what to do. It's just more equipping them with the skills that were, were never out there, um, in, yeah. which, which were, you know, were hidden from us for so long, you know, you know, blessed, blessed now that we have social media and we have, um, you know, we, we're doing things like this today where we're sharing value with each yeah. other, where you can pick up a book and, you know, you, or you can watch a video and you can get some real insight, which back in the day, people of our colour, we, we, you know, we weren't even allowed to see that information, let alone try finding the book that it had it in, you know what I'm saying? So, sure. and there's, there's a real, uh, you know, uh, salacious kind of quote that was said, I can't remember who said it, but um, if you want to hide some, something from a black person, you hide it in a book. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a true thing, you know, even to this day, like, I mean, our reading age of, of a black community is, is well underdeveloped as well. And people don't read enough. And that's one of the things I definitely advocate of. Um, on the other side as well, being an owner, again, in many ways you can, you know, we, we know first land, uh, being a, being a landlord, 
Um, again, key, key skills can be, we can go into and go a bit deeper into that people of not just our colour, but just people generally need to kind of look into and aspire to, to start doing yeah, more than just yeah. doing a bit more than the, the average. Yeah. And it's, it's quite attainable, very attainable. You don't have to be a super smart person that's been to an Ivy League school. You know, this information's out there and it's right. applicable. So what are assets? Because you've got assets only. What, are, what would you describe as assets? So in layman's term, an asset simply is, you know, something that brings you money or creates money for you and creates cash flow. You know, whereas on the opposite, the flip side, a liability, which most people, you know, the consumer will, will uh, acquire more liabilities yeah. than assets. So a liability is something that's taking money out your pocket. Simple mm. as that. So an asset brings money in yeah. or produces and a liability takes money out your pocket or the household. Okay, cool. Before we go any further, because we want to know, we want to know more about you. We want to know about your journey. We want to yeah. know about your background, how you've got to this place to being putting a, a, a name saying assets only in your top. You clearly didn't start from there because none of us have started from nah. yeah. from this position that we're in now. So, of course, like, let's give us let's give us a little bit about your background. What was your upbringing like, and where where are you from? So, originally from born and bred Coventry, yeah. um, and yeah, man, city boy, been around the block. Um, luckily, never got into trouble. Um, great childhood, man. If I'm honest, um, looking back, I had a conversation with my brother on the way here. Actually, my older brother, mm. and um, yeah, we had a bliss childhood, man. It was, it was, it was nice. Both parents in the household. Yeah. Um, at the time, very rare for for someone of my colour. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lot of white kids and Asian kids on the street with married parents. Although my parents were never married, mm. they operated in that manner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we lost. Our dad, uh, well, I was I was six when we lost yeah. dad, so he was, he was only in his early fifties, man. And yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. But uh, yeah, we, we lost him, and um, you know, from there, you know, mum was operating like many as well. And, you know, low income, you know, council estate, single family. We were, I'm one of four as well. Okay. Um, so I got one sister, two yeah. brothers. And yeah, man, um, just just watching my mum struggle pretty much like most of us, man, growing up. Although, like, I never went without, you know, it wasn't a case of, you know, we couldn't eat and things like that. I don't want to paint that picture. But, mm -hmm. you know, looking back now, it, it must have been hella hard for a man, you know, me growing up. I just know that I'd close my back, yeah. had some designer clothes, I had toys, I had the latest console whenever it yeah. come out. And my house was always the place to come. Number 20 on the road, man, yeah, the yeah. kids would always come. The, 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 the small bit the big back telly would be there <laughs> Dreamcast you know yeah. all them ones there yeah. bringing back all the nostalgia that, man that. and uh, yeah everyone was around the house man I was the first on the road to get Sky Digital yeah. so I was I was looking like I'm nice yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like, that's rich I, was, back, back then, I that thought I was lit right rich, now yeah. you know what I mean yeah. um, until I went to secondary school though I, was, I realised like okay there's levels to this there like <laughs> there were, I meet my, my Caucasian friends now you know they were what was called the middle class at the time innit? Yeah, yeah. so they're in their 200 and 300 grand houses they've got two whips outside so I'm yeah. seeing this and I'm like, yo, this is a whole different thing. I yeah, think yeah, I'm yeah. living nice. Yeah. You know, it was never like, it was never like a comparison thing. There was, it was just nice to experience both sides. Cause of again, course. I had love in my household. I had, you know, I had everything I needed things I had, you know, that, that, that kind of that controlled environment. And, um, it was nice to obviously have friends that were a bit more wealthy or, or well off or seemed to be at the time. Yeah. We don't know any more circumstances, but it was nice to have that polarity, man. And yeah, I think growing up, like I said, just watching my mum. Um, kind of just struggle, man, and just just work multiple jobs. Okay, and so I'm gonna pause you there just because I've there's like this story, not your story, but this story of the kind of council state kind of mum working two jobs. We've heard it numerous times, and but and on numerous occasions, I've heard of people who have, you know, said from 14, 15, I had to, I was hustling, 
help myself, but also to help mum, help the family household. You're saying you kind of, you had love in your household. What kind of prevented you going down that route and potentially going down a kind of a route where you might have been sentenced or convicted for any kind of crimes where you were trying to just better your family's yeah. life? Yeah, I can answer that. And, and quite simply, yeah, if I'm honest, I've always been a student of observation i'm great at observing things generally even to this day and luckily mm. i say luckily for the for the disfortune of my older brother i watched him do a lot of silly stuff <laughs> so i'm just watching the blueprint laid out in front of me and i'm seeing like ah, okay this is the way it can go in it and yeah. it's the only way it can go otherwise i gotta kind of steer away and in again we'll get to it as well but one of the one of the key rules in investing is just because you can make a move doesn't mean you should make a move Got you. so with my brother it was either like just because I'm not doing exactly what he's doing, it's probably better just to just do nothing and just yeah, be yeah. observant of what he's doing and, and rather just keep keep kind of plodding along in the in at least it's in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So I seen what could happen, you know, police turning up, three AM, yeah. kicking the door down, yeah. taking him in and, you know, him doing stuff on the road and et cetera. And and just kind of I've always kind of watched from an outside view. I've seen a lot of mad stuff, but and also just the fear of either had that happening to you on the reverse or the best case scenario getting locked up and what you know what the implications are so that was very easy for me to, to make that decision it wasn't even like a deliberation man mm -hmm. and let's be honest like as a kid you know 12 15 years old i didn't have a need for making peas you know what i mean i'm just playing football so yeah. i don't need to be on the road like yeah, yeah. making bags you know what i mean i was nice just kicking the ball and mm. in, in my pumas you know what i'm saying yeah. so it was easy for me to make that decision man if i'm honest cool um and in terms of your mentality what you were growing up and like just because obviously now you're talking about assets, you're talking about liability of my investments. Was that always throughout the kind of course of you growing up that you had this in your mind or have you learned this? Did you have friends who kind of taught you a certain way of moving? Yeah, I've always, I've always had like a greatness mindset or an abundance mindset. I've always believed that you know, everything is of abundance. Mm. Over time, you know, those, those visions kind of dissipate or get shouted over the time. But it's always been the, in the back of my head that I knew my potential. I knew I was, you know, able to achieve great things. Yeah. But yeah, growing up, definitely um, my first influences with it all was actually, I remember having a sleepover at my friend's house and um, it was his birthday. I remember it like yesterday. And I remember he had, he had a bunch of toys and gifts and things. And But one of the gifts was like a card um mm. and from one of his family members and it was um they bought him shares in wow. a company okay so obviously i'm like 14 15 now and i'm like in my head i'm thinking hold on a minute like i've heard about these things you know you know these wall street guys and and stocks and shares you hear you hear these all yeah. the time growing up but I never like was privy to it so i'm thinking like hold on a minute how, how have you how have you bought shares of a company you're, you're like 15 what do you need with shares and it was, it was sky at the time it was sky <laughs> okay funny enough and um yeah i was thinking that's mad but the, the sad thing is when i look back now i didn't even ask him about it or like even go into it because i thought one it when it, it would go over my head two yeah, i thought yeah. i wasn't even worthy to know that information because it's mm. not privy to us in our culture and yeah, it? it's like yeah only these type of guys know about this stuff or mm. those those you know people of color or in suits and things so i didn't even ask about it and it's funny enough, like, I still haven't even reached out to him about that story. He doesn't even know that. But that was the first thing that clicked with me. It was like, okay, like, that's something that can be looked into. And, and, and you know, we can actually start attaining these things, you know. But, yeah, that was my first encounter with kind of, you know, just an, an asset as such and, and, and kind of especially that stocks and shares in particular. That was my first encounter. So when would you say you started kind of earning money so you could invest and look for assets, so, so to speak? I've always, well, again, my first few jobs, I've always had money in my pocket growing up as a kid, you know, mm -hmm. relative speaking. And I went through a massive stage um, of consumerism. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. for my life yeah, like yeah. most we of do, us yeah, like we, we have to go for it yeah we have to go for it yeah and we get fixated again and this is this is very important we get fixated on accumulation massively we always hear like i want to earn more i want to earn more i want to mm-hmm. earn more mm-hmm. i want to i want to you know put my cv in so i can earn that much more money and that's all good there's nothing wrong with that because you know more income is good yes but what are you doing with that extra income mm. you know and i was finding that as i was climbing these ladders of income and accumulation yeah I'm just kind of like, I'm trying to hold on to this money. I've got no plan or idea what I'm doing with this money. So with that, I just go spend the money. Yeah. Then I'm like, hold on a minute. I've got a bunch of stuff now, yeah. I've got bare stuff. Grams, crepes, all this stuff, yeah. And then like, it got to the point where I looked in my, in my wardrobe or, or closet for the American listeners. And it was like, hold on, I've got more liabilities in here then mm. I've got money in my bank so mm. I thought that don't make no sense right. something's got a switch man yeah, yeah. and to be honest it was a very long process when I look back now um, from when I first had that kind of epiphany mm. to when I started even actively investing because again it was a bunch of education that it was an education block that I'd missed yeah. but I just knew that something had to change you know what I mean and it, it's kind of been an ongoing journey up until kind of you know, four or five years ago now, which I've been actively kind of investing yeah. and understanding the, the rules to this game. Yeah. But it took it took me a long time of let's say consumerism yeah. um, to to kind of to work that out. And and a lot of people still don't un- understand it. It's never too late, though. Never, it's never, never too, too late. late. Huge, huge thing. And and I can attest to that because again, um, later on we can talk about it a bit a bit more. But I do, like I said, I do help and teach people that that kind of come to me in in ways and they're all different shapes sizes and they and age is more importantly mm-hmm. you know ranging from the 18 year old who's just gotten getting his first paycheck mm-hmm. and he's l- luckily stumbled across this information and i can you know point him in the right direction again not at financial advice but it's just kind of giving him the tools and going through breaking on that jargon as well like asset liability what it is and mm-hmm. you know um return investment things like that so and up all the way up until some like you know 50 year olds i'm helping so yeah. it, it's never too late man you know, key thing to remember though: the longer you wait, the more expensive it becomes. Yeah, that's the rule in investing. We all we all know that. So, um, it, but again, it's never too late. That's that's the key thing I want to push home, man. Anyone could start at any point, and that's that's what it is. So, the term financial literacy that's like the the new, I guess, word terminology yeah, new, that's been getting new trending around. word, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Where would you say you got your knowledge to become financially literate? Well. I'll say what I learned first is how not to be financially literate is, and I learned that from my my family unit growing up. Um, again, watching my mum, um, kind of just always not just struggle, but also spend all her money on things for us, especially for birthdays, Christmases, things like that. And I knew very early that wasn't the right thing to do. But still, I fell victim to it growing up. You know, we, we, we grow up again because it got back to programming. Mm-hmm. It was programming indirectly. She didn't, you know, she's not meaning to do this, but she would she would earn the little she would earn. You know, she would spend. And when she ran out of money, she'd put the rest on credit and then work out a way to pay it back. And it just be a never ending cycle because by the time you've paid up, you've got to re-up again in Christmases again. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up learning that and, and seeing that more so. And again, that spilled over into my, my uh, you know, uh, pre-adult life. You know, when I was in relationships and things, I would put myself into debt uh, to buy things. And, and you know, we probably similar and, and been, exactly, yeah, to that validation, isn't it? But again, you're always kind of thinking about the next day, I'll, I'll work out how to pay that off the next day. And then the next day doesn't come. And then before you know it, the next year comes, more birthdays, more Christmases, then you're in a hole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I learned, kind of reverse engineered it, that I learned from earlier that that's how not to be financially literate. But then fast forward, like 
into kind of the, the time of now, um, there's only a few select people I've started learning from. And again, this is why, this is why I do what I'm doing. It's, it's nothing about me. The purpose is bigger and representation of me is huge. People that, you know, not only look like me, um, talk like me and dress like me. I think that's important that they project messages as well. And I connected with a few dudes um, from America, the, uh, the Earn Your Leisure guys. Um, and guys. and they and, and the well. only reason I connected with them is, is is not because so much what they were saying it was it was they looked like me mm. they, they, you know what I mean they, they slouched like me they they talked like me you know what I mean they yeah. still had crep manners and things like yeah, that yeah. but they just looked like me and they connected they, they, they had the clean fade in the beard and I thought you yeah. know what like, yo, like okay I've, I've got half of that don't mention the beard <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I told you about <laughs> that before nah, it's looking fresh man you know what I mean I hear ya I hear ya but yeah that's um, I think that's what's that's what's key to me and. Um, that's I've now kind of honed in on my uh, my mission now, and I understand it's representation, man. It's it's not about accumulation, because you know what I mean that that's a byproduct of just doing greatness anyway. So my thing is representation, and especially people where you know we as a, a you know encapsulation come from. It's important for those those guys, not just black, you know, white, Asian, whatever the color is, you know, at that it, we it's possible, isn't it? And and you know if you serve a bigger purpose. You know what I mean? Greatness, greatness follows, man. So that's my thing, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, man. You mentioned EYO. Mm. Um, that's something we didn't even know at the time that we was we was both there. Okay, we was there. Oh so yeah, myself, Fest, didn't it? That's right. Another friend of ours. We was there. How'd at, you uh, find it? Yeah, it was really good. It was it's inspiring. Good, I, I liked uh, the Wolf Sheep Chopper when he's, he came through. Yeah, he's sick, man. He's he playing that Jeezy. I'm not gonna lie. That had me gassed. Yeah, we got gassed. Everyone yeah. got gassed, man. Yeah. And like, that's the beautiful thing, man. Like. Royal Albert Hall, man. Like, exactly. not to go it's too much big, of a tangent, but yeah. they sold that out. Like, exactly. there's people on the wall, like Adal and and Pavarotti and all them, man, on the wall and that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and they, these man look like us from America. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong, they wore their suits that night, but usually they're in the hoodies, yeah, they're in the yeah. sweats, they're, yeah. they're rocking their own, aren't they? And and it's beautiful to see, man. Again, representation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they've they've inspired a whole generation behind them, man, and Absolutely. me me included. And then Absolutely. you know, what I mean, I'm gonna push the envelope to, to try to do the same thing, and that that's what it's about, man. It's just keeping the envelope pushing, man. Yeah, yeah, it's no, not about self. To help. That's it. To help, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Really appreciate. Mm-hmm. It. I love I love this this little little <laughs> setup, man. It's nice, you know. It's nice. I'm feeling it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> sorry, you said a couple of things that would kind of like drew me in, and I've sat and listened for I don't know, say 15, 20 minutes. <clears throat> so apologies. Um. You mentioned also your experience when you were younger, you were, when you were younger, sorry, and I'm not too sure how old you were then. But then you also mentioned, I think it was as to, I think it, um, the purpose being bigger. And with myself, I feel I know what I want and I've always known what I want. And I may keep it to myself, but I'm very, very clear what will take place eventually for me, whether it's at the age of 50, 60 or 75. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, yeah, do you feel you know what you want from now? And I don't want to say up until and when you grow old and grey, but do you feel like the path is kind of being laid? And also I think, what I was going to touch on was um, very similar to annual leisure. Do you feel that is kind of what you've kind of fallen into, if that makes any sense? As in his calling? Yeah. Yeah, I think organically, because going back to like, just backtracking slightly, I mean, I've always looked at even my life track of of, uh, employment, right? Mm. Um, Everything I've been in, it's always to serve. Mm -hmm. It's never been for self. Mm. I've never gone into sales. I've never gone into you know, a- aggressive positions where, and then nothing, to, nothing wrong with those, yeah. but I've always gone into s- to, to service-led work. And I look back and it's for a reason because I'm good at it. Mm. I'm good at interacting with people. I'm good at getting what I want out of people and also getting uh, the best out of them for them. I- I'm good at that. I mean, I've did all sorts from retail to teaching jobs, mm. um, but I've always found that I've, I've found joy in helping. 
yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've been all had dead end jobs and all sorts like that. And when I look back at like some of the the dead end jobs I've had, they were either you know they they weren't teaching focused or they were very self or very isolated jobs and i was always miserable and i always ended up moving on but the service-led jobs i've always excelled in those and either gone up in ranks or just had joy generally at the position mm. and fast forward to now i just find that like talking about things i'm passionate about like i've got confidence in it and and i feel like i can impact people and i know i can impact people with what I, what i say and again it's it's, it's drawing out the greatness in them it's not it's not telling them the stats of what you can do with this investment this that and the other you know that's 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 kind of the, the the subject matter but the actual message is drawing out the greatness in people and that's what i find i'm all right at doing like i've always been i've always been good at doing that so that's definitely um you know kind of to to round off the question is it's definitely my, my purpose definitely is to to get as much out of people as possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes at the expense of myself as well which yeah. which we can go into as well but um yeah that's definitely my uh my one-on-one focus 100% cool um I don't want to skip over anything but I know because we spoke already before here there was a point that you was pretty much doing like a lot of I guess body training and things of that Correct. nature so what was the, the transition yeah so I got into training when I was about 18 funny enough yeah. uh it was on Christmas day I was 18 yeah. I just got a new Adidas tracksuit firebird one black yeah. and gold oh, come on and I was ready to just hit the gym in it, and man didn't have no pee at this time, and I was, you yeah. know, I was, I was brokey in it. And uh, you know what? I had a little change, and I think the gym there was a, there was a posh gym in it. I think the the village hotel is a posh gym in it. Yeah. You know, nice gal and that. And uh, <laughs> so I went there with the, with the man them, and it was it was uh, twelve pound for twelve days. So I thought, you know, okay. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my soul, and then I'm gonna yeah. max this twelve days out. Yeah, twice a day, everything because <laughs> there was a limited time in it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm banging out. I thought in my twenty four sessions, bang it out. And uh, yeah, man, that got me going and I hit the bug in it. And I've always had a, a my small friendship group since uh, since kind of reformed. But at the time we had, uh, there was four of us. I was always the smallest guy, mm-hmm. skinny guy. And, but even back then, like I've always had a long-term mindset because I always knew physically how I was going to look. Sounds mad. Mm-hmm. And when in 2013, right, I won, um, I used to compete as well. I went into competing. Mm-hmm. And I won the uh, British uh, finals for for men's physique, the whole of Britain. So, but I always knew the way I looked on that day. I was no one's going to look like that. It was mad, like, but no one ever like understood the concept. I always had the long term vision. So even when I was seeing progress throughout, of like a year in or two years in, I didn't, I didn't really not. I didn't care about it. But like, it was like, okay, that's short term. That's short term. I'm making some gains now, but that's short term. I know that in another three, four years, what I'm going to look like, and that was what kept me going. Because if I kept sticking on the short term, I feel like I would have fell off on different occasions and and stopped. But I was very linear, man. I was training for like eight years straight, Hmm. like seven days a week, most most days. You know, if it was an eighth day, I would have did it. But (laughs) more more time, like I was just at the gym, and some of my friends will attest to it, man. Like at the time as well, I didn't have a whip or nothing. My gym was about four miles away. I'd walk there every day, rain, shine, snow, whatever it is, man. Because I knew headphones in. I was like a monk, bro. That's don't get me wrong. I still, I still lived a nice life, and you know what I mean. I was out on the town and that, but mm. I had to get work done, man. I had to be, I had to get busy with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, it, it was always that long term mindset that kept me going, man. Do you think um, going to the gym and just being healthy in general is probably one of the highest forms of discipline? And what's led you into some of the things you've done today? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely uh, parallel, man. I find everything is is everything is, is connected in, in whatever way, shape or form you look at it, wherever you want to chop it up, man. And especially training for me is what gave me the discipline because I didn't learn discipline. Remember, I didn't have a father figure growing up. 
you know, my older brother's moving a madness. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna look at my little brother and my friends. You know what I mean? Like they were just like messing around. No one really had any structure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No one weren't doing nothing where like, no, there was no leader in our group. It was free for all. You know what I'm saying? So we all had to fight for like, we kind of all changed leadership roles throughout the throughout the year. It'd be like mm. me one day and then Bradley yeah. next day. So there was no structure, man. So I had to learn all that on the fly and I find training was was my teacher. You know what I'm saying? So, and shout out to my gym manager, man, uh, at the time, my gym owner, sorry, at the time, Clint. He's the one who really pushed me into it, man. And um, again, growing up, lack of lack of confidence again without the father figure lack of self-belief at times you know i knew my potential but again if you haven't got self-belief you ain't gonna make no moves mm-hmm. so he was really like he kind of forced me he gave me an ultimate he was like look joke kind of jokingly he said like i want you to do this competition you you, you you've got you you're at the place where you know you need to be a bit more work and you know what i mean you can get there he said like if you don't he said you ain't coming back to the gym anymore <laughs> like rather said like you ain't coming back yeah. So he said, you got to do it. And it was in like six weeks time. I was kind of always in shape. Again, being an ectomorph and I kind of decent. So I was always had a little bit of abs. Mm-hmm. So he said like a good, a good six weeks now. I think it was eight weeks away the competition. So he said about four to six weeks, we'll hone your diet in. I'll give you a hand in that. And I got myself a little coach. And yeah, man, rest is history, bro. Like won my first competition, amateur one. Then I moved on to the British finals, which uh, was like, the, the whole of Britain, bro. Like it was, it was a big competition, in it. Like yeah. I, I was, I was up against like you know, you're, like you're, they say your rivals, your, your idols become your rivals, in it. I was yeah. right on stage with like people I was looking up to, watching YouTube videos, and like hmm. they're like, well, if I'm if I'm on their level, I'm I've, I've done it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm up there with them, man. And yeah, I took first place, man. And uh, congrats. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And then that took me across to uh, travel around Europe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Madrid, did the Arnold Classic there. Didn't place as well. Um, I think I got sixth there out of a hundred and something, hundred and thirty like yards on the stage. It was, it was a bit mad. Yeah. Then I come back for like a, I had a, two, a few years off actually competing, and I come back for 2015. And um, I think I got what did I get there again? I think I got sixth or something out of that then. But um, yeah, man, it was, it was just a bit of a journey. But back to your point, definitely discipline is is the foundation of it all, man. Hundred yeah. percent, and it, it it gave me that. I always say it was fitness is my savior because it gave me that lifeline, man, to kind of keep on the track and long term is is my whole ethos man and people especially like nowadays on social media and you know we're fighting for attention span people haven't got the attention span of 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 anything anymore they're looking at tiktoks you know with the next thing 30 seconds they're swiping but i think it's so important just to not overlook long term man and because you're going to need it in the long term anyway you're going to need it when you're older you know what i mean so and how old were you when you were doing these competitions i was work out my maths now i'm 31 now so I think I was, I think my first competition would have been around about 20, 22, 23, something Sorry, like the that. reason why I'm saying these things is because, <clears throat> um, not that I can see, but I guess me taking myself back into where you were then, I could see you could see further ahead. You know what I mean? I'm trying to guess kind of like, okay, how old was he when he was thinking that maturely in reference to your friend having the, sh- um, having the shares, yourself winning the competition. And again, obviously referring to financial literacy, um, to be able to think that far ahead and have that level of discipline, again, speaks to your grounding. And also the influences around you as well. So obviously, French has spoken to you, I don't want to say at length, but he's had um, yeah. some form of conversation. So I'm kind of like trying to pick apart in some reference or hear some bits and pieces as to what was around you that was allowing you to take all this information yeah. in or even the discipline itself because... It's very difficult to be self-disciplined. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult. It, especially in this time we're in now, we've got so much opportunity, so much choice. You know what I mean? It's a frenzy, man. Yeah, like, choice and distraction. It's crazy, bro. And and 
just completely under a distraction as well that's that's the biggest killer of like dreams man it's like just gray scrolling even even that like i've eliminated gray scrolling you know even to the point where i've got like 15 names in my phone book i've got you know i've unfollowed everybody on like social media that either isn't providing me value or i personally know even on on a on a a deep level i'm not on about acquaintances like because acquaintances i can it's high and by in the street like i don't need to follow you on instagram you know what i mean and it it sounds a bit petty but it's it's self-preservation at the end of the day isn't it and again when you're feeding your mind of course it is yeah Yeah. because because you know your diet isn't just your food we all know this Mm -hmm. it's what you see what you hear and what you're around isn't it but back to your point definitely um Again, I've always had, I've always been very lucky because I've always had polarity. I've always had kind of, not good and bad, but let's say lesser and more of. So in, in just just to give you perspective in, in what was around me. So again, all of us growing up where I'm from, you know, low income, same background. We all know the story, council estate and not much going on. You know, information isn't, isn't abundant. And, you know, we, we only know what we know. It's, you know, get a job hope to earn some money, mm. get by. That was mm-hmm. what Mumsy was saying, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I had a group of friends which were like super entrepreneurs, okay. super rich yeah, yeah. Okay. at a young age. Okay. Like I'm talking like 16 earning 35, 40 bags a month for money. You okay. know what I'm saying? Not yeah. to be pocket watching, but that yeah. was the facts of it. Yeah. And um, not, to, not to name drop or anything, but going forward, those guys turned out to become the Gymshark owners. Okay. So, I, you. you know, they they were a big part of my life for a huge chunk of it in my in my pre pre adult life in my teens growing up, um still still great friends with them now I'm to this day one since uh, moved on from Gymshark, mm. um they're still there as the active CEO but yeah that was definitely around me and and even on a day to day I'll travel to their tra- factory three three four times a week sometimes helping with a bit of work but more so just absorb what they're doing and the greatness they were producing at such a young age and I was there at its you know infantile stage from from the jump you know they started in a conservatory in their parents back garden and they uh, built this empire man and i was i was you know a, a effectively a part of it not building it but day to day i seen the operations mm. i seen what it took you know um not to the lack of you know i, I did i didn't you know go off and, and make my own fortune 500 company but it was just having the access which is mad important. Like people pay for that nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to even like we've seen that, you know, when you take 500 K or sit down with Jay for a dinner, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it was kind of, I had that, I had that, I had that dinner with them. You know what I mean? I learned a lot about business. Um, not enough though, not enough, but I want to stress, but I learned, I learned a lot, man. And I, like I said, back to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm an observer, man. And I observed a lot and yeah, I took a lot of gems, man. But then I, like I said, I had that other side, which was very much like, had a ceiling, you know what I'm saying, and, and kind of stagnant. But it was, that's what definitely kept me, in, I'll say in the middle ground, I've never always been at a forward completely mm. momentum, momentum, momentum. I've had my dips, I've had my, I've had my peaks and valleys like us all. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very human, but it, I was very, I'm very blessed to have access to those groups of people. And, uh, and that's that's me going forward now. I only really focus on um, people that are either, like I said, it's a value exchange where we, you, we're building each other, or we're, you know what I mean? We're learning from each other. That that's I mean, it's it's too short otherwise, man. You know what I mean? Life's too short for that, man. You know all the all the all the times of sitting on the corner talking about sports and that like it ain't really getting anybody nowhere. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, or at least if you're gonna do that, monetize it yeah. and, and make it make a show or something. Do something True. about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd say I mean, from my point of view, um, some of the stuff you're saying really is like hitting home because with me, I'm very fortunate and have been very fortunate in that. Similar to yourself, um, so my parents were around, both of them, um, break up, ended up single mum, me and my mum, 
And then, and that was at quite a critical time in my growing up, kind of high school times when, yeah. you know, you're meeting friends, you could fall into the wrong crowds. I was very fortunate in that I had a generally good group of friends around me. So even little things, well, not little things, but small things in, in comparison to life, mm. such as at 17, they were starting their driving lessons and wanted to get driving. Mm. So I kind of followed suit. Yeah. And actually now I'm like, wow, 17, I passed process, I have my driving, my driving license. What a blessing because there's people now that are like, late 20s early 30s trying to get their driving sweat now yeah so now i've those same friends some of them have inspired me because they've gone on top of multiple properties for instance right. or they start to do investments in terms of um trading yeah and stocks and even though i'm not at that level yet it, it kind of inspires me to want to get yeah, involved of course, of course do you know what i'm saying yeah. so even like where to the point where we say assets only i've got a couple of properties so you know what i mean and yeah, it's my, my mindset and thinking like that because my father he's never owned a property right my mum we lived the way it worked back in the day is so we lived council estate then got a council house yeah and then same way yeah yeah and then what happened was at the time <clears throat> i don't know if it was the thatcher era but there was an era because my mum's explained this to me in that they council properties were needed quite desperately and my mum was working and because she was earning enough to be able to pay back a mortgage, but didn't have a deposit, at the time the council were doing this incentive. Well, actually, well, uh, the council that we live in, anyway, the bar we live in, or I lived in, were doing an incentive whereby if you found a property, they'll give you the deposit, the right. 10 grand deposit, and then for <clears> you to put down so that you can go and buy your own place. Right. So that's what happened with my mum. Okay. And that she managed to buy the house, buy a house, bought that house for like, I think maybe 78 grand. It's worth 450 grand now. Oh, yeah. But even things like that, we talk about ownership. I was like, okay, so that kind of triggered something. But then my mm. group of friends around me were just moving like boom, boom, boom. I said, I, I, almost like not keeping up with Jones, but I got to keep up. These are my boys. And if yeah, of course. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm it's the bro. same way whereby <clears throat> if your boys are all doing out there, you know, steaming shops or whatever, mm. you're likely to just be involved in it at a young age, especially yeah. if you haven't got really someone to inspire you, That's look it. up to. And more time out of boredom as well. Like, there you go. You know what I mean? Misdirection is, yeah. is key, bro. And, and, not to cut you off, but on t on the back of what you're saying with the ownership thing, I remember, again, I don't remember the date, but I remember the day my my nan passed away, right? And we were all in this yard, terrace house, you know, free bed thing. Bare cousins, bare aunties, you know, uncles you ain't seen in time, you know, them ones there. You know, we all meet up for a funeral, innit? Mm. It's about 45 of us in this yard, gram up. And she's in the bed now. And... I thought, like, one of the f first things I thought, yeah, was no one ain't going to own this house. Hmm. And I'm like, what was that? I was like 19 or something like that, yeah. yeah. I know no one else is thinking it. Hmm. And I thought, that's sad, you know, like, yeah. she's been here all her life, you know, paid all this money, rent all this and that, yeah. She's, she's integral to this house, isn't it? She's raw, like, ingrained. And it's like, we, none of us in this room here, are gonna own this house? Out of forty-five people. Yeah, and it's like that ain't right, man. Like as a community, and that happens across the board. I could mm. imagine, isn't it? Facts. Council house gets repossessed. It's back on next week or something. It's, someone's in there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Revamping it. Mm. And I thought that that's it's that needs to be pivotal, man. Pivotal for for our people, man. Like not just again, not just not just a color thing, but our communities of people. Like we need to start even pooling our assets or pooling our cash together and yeah. just the buying power increases. I mean, oh, our yeah. buying power in, in the UK is multi-billions, bro, like consumer-wise. So why are we not accumulating and, and pooling our money? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's something that I, I think, I'm optimistic, man. I think it's going to happen eventually. It's already happened a lot in America. Mm -hmm. 
um it it's again with the with the EYL guys they they kind of um shine light on that as well they 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 push pooling assets a lot yeah. and uh, you know whether it's to buy commercial residential property whatever it is but we we need to um we need to definitely hit home with this man especially mm. our people over here cuz I was reading not long ago and black ownership's only at 20% in this country at the minute opposed to white you know british wealth is at 68% bro of home ownership mm -hmm. it's a big disparity in it it is but you know we're starting we're starting as you said earlier um maybe off the, off the recording mic but we're starting from a starting <coughs> block and they're starting from the starting block and we're starting from we're in the stands, stands man yeah. yeah so that that doesn't sound like it's unrealistic at the moment but again we're here, all here today to shine light on mm -hmm. financial investments. And That's it. To, to, I guess, to become financially literate and become yeah. financially free. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. Without delving too much into your own personal detail um, or, you know, personal assets, liabilities, at what age or what point did you kind of um, decide to invest in an asset or begin your kind of, you know, I don't know if you've got, if you've owned stocks or invested in, 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 in stocks, at what age did that happen? And, and have there been any kind of bumps in the road where you've, you've actually thought, actually, no, I shouldn't do this or anything like that? Yeah, massively, man. I mean, to answer the first thing, the first kind of encounter of real and kind of investment was actually uh, back in like 09, maybe 010. Okay. Um, I was yeah. trading at plus 500 at the time put a couple of bills in there, mm -hmm. uh, which was a lot of money at the time for yeah. me. But I thought, you know what, YOLO, I'll get paid next week. If it all goes, I'm good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I bought a bit of Bitcoin, man. Like oh, wow. back okay. in the day, bro. Okay. Like yeah. before I knew what the whole thing was, it? I just knew yeah. Bitcoin. I just heard the word Bitcoin. It was mm. one of them trending words at the time, innit? Yeah. And I bought some crude oil and stuff like that. I was trading that. I remember making like a bills a day. Well, one day I was making a bills. And I was like, yo, what? Like <laughs> bills? So obviously... You know, greed sets in. You yeah. think, okay, I made a bill. I can make two bills. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm doing in it. And then obviously it goes down to like 70 pound rather than like, it was like a 170 and it went yeah. down to like 70 or 60 or whatever. And I'm getting shook. So obviously I sell, panic sell in it, yeah. lose money. Yeah. So first lesson, you know, fast forward, obviously I bought a few Bitcoins. I can't remember the number. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, get yeah, a hot take fine. or give it, yeah. give it an exact amount. It was, yeah. a, it was like four or five Bitcoins or whatever yeah. at the time, whatever. Didn't know what they were. Again, like sold them off. You know, again, not again. The miseducation of knowing what they were, the value, you know, potential, and and losing that long term mindset of what it could potentially be. Because yeah. I didn't understand the asset class. I just thought it was a bit. I treated like gambling, you know, yeah, more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was on, like, I was more time just like an accumulator on sport in it. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my first encounter, like eighteen, nineteen, okay. kind of that area. Um, fast forward did again. You, and did you have people around you in your inner or kind of wide yeah, yeah? We had we had a, we had a, yeah. a group of us. Um, I mean, one one of our guys, he made about four and a half bags. Okay. And obviously that was the most money I've ever seen yeah. in my life. You yeah. know what I mean? On, on, on a screen, it was like, wait, what? Hold on a minute. Like, And he, and again, with him, none of us had the education. We, we just kind of, we've, you know, we thought we're high flyers, isn't it? Making yeah. a couple of bills here and there. Because at the time I was earning 250 pound a week. So yeah. if I'm making a bills a day extra, I'm yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mums, you can have a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. I can go out, buy my little Levi's and, yeah. you know, yeah, then once hit fresh. the town and that. Yeah. yeah, so that's all, that was, that was all it was for me. Yeah. I went through a big period of that and then I went through an even bigger period of not accumulating anything, like I said, other than liabilities, like yeah. I touched on before. So, gums, going out, clubs, buying tables, this, that and the other. So, you know, understanding like, that's got to stop in it at some point. And it re the real pivotal uh, pivotal point for me I was just before having my daughter actually so knowing I was having my daughter she was planned and um, yeah I was about I think I was 27 at the time um, 20, 26, 27 and yeah man I thought you know what I've got to like 
I'm in, I'm in a fortunate position now. I'm earning some decent money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can actually do something with this money. Yeah? yeah, I knew I wanted to get a yard. Yeah, at the time, um, I didn't own a house personally myself. My missus already had a property. Yeah, um, a new build. So I thought, you know what? Again, I could, I could. We had a discussion about. It. I could use that leverage that we're in a house. Yeah. We don't need to ex- you know, scale up at the minute. Mm-hmm. So I need, it's going to be the three of us. So I thought, you know what? I can double down here, innit? I can actually apply some of this capital in some of these markets, innit? And, you know, I dabbled here and there and I did a video once about this and it, I, I think I started with £60 okay. in the stock market. Okay. Yeah, so um, again, the, prior to that, which is very important, I want, I want to hit home is that prior to actually putting the first trade in, that £60 in, I did about two years of actual learning. Wow. So I, I I went in depth with the learning and it. Mm. That's an important. Yeah, it's was, an important point to. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, because I was going to ask you where your starting point was, or your, sorry, your entry point was, because obviously you can hear a lot of influences. But I wanted to know whether you actually got a job, or whether it was a case of you know what I'm going to go two feet in and I'm actually going to put my money where my mouth is and actually I'm going to learn how to trade. Yeah. Me, what I did, I was put my money in, I'll learn after. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess wherever you get your lessons, you know, yeah. you'd be grateful. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and it was very and again. Back to me, it was very easy to make that investment because one, I was comfortable with that amount. Yeah. Two, I was confident in my education. I knew I knew I didn't know it all, but yeah. I knew I knew enough yeah. to place uh, a competent, you know, investment and, and put my money in my office. And then over time, seeing that compounding, um, luckily I was in a in a, a good good time where you know COVID hit. Yeah. You know, stock market was going a bit mad. Yes. You know, you, yeah, you could yeah, have made yeah, money yeah. in your sleep. You know, what I mean, yeah, you, with your yeah, eyes closed, yeah. you yeah. literally put your money in anything. It was it was going up. Mm. Um. But again, that was a lesson as well because again, having that long term mindset, doing the two years research, I knew that weren't gonna that ain't that ain't, that ain't gonna last. Yeah. So I, I knew this, innit? So eventually, like just also understanding, you know, when to how, how long to more so hold your assets for. Because I know a lot of people again, they jumped in with me on the on the on the bandwagon. They put a couple of bills in. They made a couple of bags. Mm. They thought they were sick. <laughs> they either left it in or they took it out. So either way, they they, they lost. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you know, great fortunes are made over time. And history yeah. tells you that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. with the market as well, people don't realise, like, it doesn't do anything spontaneous, isn't it? It's, all, it's all loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it repeats itself. And you just got to go back further enough in history and read the data to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's even ways to understand when the recession was coming. Like, I knew this recession was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Something called a yield curve. So... And not to get too technical, but like it's it's a way it's a lagging indicator, but it's it hundred percent predicts when a recession's coming. When um, the U.S. bonds they have a two-year bond and a five-year bond, yeah. so uh, sorry, a two-year and a ten-year. When the two-year bond exceeds the 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 yield of a ten-year bond, yeah. that means the recession's coming. So that you know, I've seen that on it's plain as day on a graph. You can see it and. Again, it's a lagging indicator. It's not tomorrow the recession's going to happen, but over time, as we know, we're in a recession, aren't we? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not been announced officially. You know, it's a recession. But you know, it, it's we a know recession. the score. Yeah. So it's just understanding that, and and, and again, people don't want to do the legwork. They want they want the quick thing. They want the flip, and our culture generally wants the flip. And it's like, nah, money isn't made in the flip. That's fast money. Fast money normally leaves you fast. Exactly. So you got to think long term, man. Like, and also like. Yeah, you can have a bit of fun now. You can make some money here, there, and there. You can go on holiday and buy some stuff. But more time when you're older, when you when you when you've got the greys and it's all said and done, and you're chilling there with your cigar and your trilby, you're gonna have grandkids, you're gonna have kids, and you're gonna need money for them. So it's all good making the money now. But if you ain't got nothing left for them, mm. you know what I mean. You got to think about the legacy, innit? And that was that's my biggest. We can go on mm. to that. Like my my motivation for it is that's my why yeah, is yeah. is the legacy, innit? I want you know 
my, my name to mean something, my last name, innit? And I remember like, I seen that, funny enough, Dame Dash said it, innit? And it yeah. stuck with me, man. Yeah. And it's like, your last name's got to be an asset, man. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's that's where I'm so at with that. You to his, when he came over to London recently. I missed it. I missed that, you yeah, know? and I was there. It was, was, no, it? It was good, yeah. Really I love good. Dame Dash, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and again, people <laughs> beef with the information he gives out, man. And that's one thing I've learned as well. You don't have to like a personality. There's some people that probably don't like what I'm saying and the way I'm saying it more so, but don't beef with the information. Just take out of it what you can, innit? So like Robert Kiyosaki is another one. He's very controversial, but mm. what a lot of what he says is 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 good. It's important. It's valuable. But again, the way he says it might be a bit salacious or you know to, to grab attention, and that's fine. You got to look past that. Mm-hmm. It's like a broken yard, isn't it? Like you know a battered house. But if it's a good investment, you got to look past that, innit? You got to think what the value is. So that's what people don't look too much. And more time, that's what in in our group. I say our group with the Discord. We're running. I run a Discord now. Um, which is which is growing, the community is growing, and we share value. And a lot of time, we don't really speak about stocks as much. It's more the mindset, what you need to to win at this game, because that's important, isn't it? And people, you know, people say like, if you've got an IQ of one hundred and sixty, give a hundred away. Cause you don't need it for this game. It's about your stomach yeah. muscles, isn't it? Yeah. It's about what you can take, what your risk tolerance is, mm-hmm. and understanding long term. Like that's it's not that deep. People make it way too hard, yeah. either to sell what they're selling. Or just to finesse you out your positions, isn't it? And it's like, I just give it to them real, man. Like, keep it simple. Everything I've learned and applied, I just give it for free, man. Like, is that jab, that gold Gary V saying, jab, jab, right hook, isn't it? Like, yeah. just give, 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 give. And eventually, like, people are going to be obligated to kind of come back to you and, and, and want to buy, buy whatever honest, you're buying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so exactly. I just give all my best out for free, man. I don't hide mm-hmm. no secrets. There's no need. Because I'm going to win at this game regardless anyway. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I want to double down on that point. But before we do... I want to um, I want to ask like, so who were some of the people that you looked up to in terms of mentors or people that was influencing you at the the young age of eighteen, nineteen? Uh, to be fair, I didn't have many mentors. If I'm very honest, man. Um, my late uncle, rest in peace, um, Paul. He was very much a father figure at the time for me uh, after my dad's passing. Um, did a lot for me, man. Um, a lot of stuff my dad couldn't do for me. Uh, not for the lack of trying, but the lack of you know again very working class man yeah. um, here then everywhere he was doing a lot of work up in Scotland three weeks stints at a time so again he, he passed very young anyway with me but even my older brother he didn't get that much time with him because he was here then everywhere but yeah. fast forward when Paul come on the scene it felt like I definitely got a dad back man um, you know I respected him like a dad he, he treated me like a son and he, you know even just the normal things which sounds foreign to people but taking me to football mm-hmm. taking me here you know drive me where I needed to go and, you know, connecting the dots for me, you know, rather than me figuring out a lot, you know, teaching me, you know, how he treated, uh, you know, women and stuff like this, observing him again, back to that, observing how, how to operate as a man, you know what I'm saying? When to say no and, you know, little things like that, which are very important, man, which I try and still, which I'm going to be instilling in my son as soon as he starts coming of age. It's just how to operate as a man, isn't it? Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, masculinity and things at the minute and, and it's very important, man. And it's not about... You know, too much about you know these gender wars. It's just it's just important that men need to have that masculine quality in them, and and, and, and you know command a certain certain way. They need to be and, and sorry more so kind of re- respecting people and, and how you operate through life and how you navigate in your relationships. We, we went through an era of very much like I call it like sucker shit, man. Like there's just dudes doing mad stuff, man, and like not operating like men. You know, no no honor, no hmm. you know what I mean. So no no chivalry anymore, things like that. So I I try. You know, I mean, I do fail at times. My wife will tell you, but sometimes I try. I try to, real, really, just kind of be be as much of a man as possible, man. But yeah, so Paul, Paul for me definitely was 
my, my main kind of mentor I can remember, man. Yeah. Physically, you know, as as, as far as as far as a mentor went. Okay, cool, man. Um, as you know, we we do we speak about books on this, mm-hmm. on this podcast, so that's that's our main staple. Um, what is some of your, I guess. Some of your top three books, or not even top three, just some of the books that you would Ones of, recommend. Yeah, recently visited again on the back of masculinity. Definitely, you all know this book, As a Man Thinketh. Yes, definitely, yes, yes, um, James Allen. that's it. Yeah, man. Um, easy read, small book. So, you say it's an easy read. You say it's an easy read. No, yeah. What I meant by that is like the, the quantity of material is easy, go. but yeah. but I had to go over it a few times because exactly. a lot of it goes over your head. Exactly. And again, yeah. with learning, I always remain a student. You're always reapplying and, and reaffirming things that are in that book. And just that masculinity, man, and it's important. And, and a big one for me, which is a small, small uh, thing, but a very powerful gem, is not to never to moan mm. as a man. Mm. Understand, like, we have to be solution-orientated. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in a relationship, as we know, like, we can't come to women with problems, man. They're looking to us to, for solutions. You know what I mean? Not necessarily on, 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 a, on, a, on a provision standpoint but or a protection so much, but just any any problem and little or small. We've got to be solution orientated as men. And that, I had to learn that on my own because again, mm. I didn't have a man to teach me that. Mm. I had to go through relationships where it was up and down because mm. I, was, I, was, I was, wasn't moving masculine. You know what I'm saying? I look back and I'm, at the time I'm like, it's their fault. It's two to tango, isn't it? At the same time, I didn't have the correct attributes at the time to operate in those in situations. So now, again, I'm a working project, but I'm, I'm, I'm miles ahead now. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm absorbing mm. this material and I'm, and I'm applying it. I've still got work to do, as we all do, isn't it? Mm. But definitely, as a man, just trying to just trying to operate. <clears throat> excuse me, at my, at my kind of at my most high at all times, man, as much as I can, definitely. So that's a huge gem I took from that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you read The Way of the Superior Man? I have haven't touched on it in a while, but again, sim- similar concept, man. But yeah. uh, amazing, amazing book at the time. I actually, I did I actually cheat. I listened to that book. I didn't read that book physically. Okay. Yeah, I listened to that one in my early years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. same difference though. Still yeah, same getting the content. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's Worthy. an amazing book, man. I forget the author of that book. Um, it's not David top- either, but I could be wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's an amazing gem, and I actually, I, I think I read that when I was about. Early, I was early twenties. Mm. I remember sending it to my boy, man. Whether he read it or not, I don't mm. know. But, but um, yeah, that was a that was a huge book. I remember me. lending that book to my barb. I never got it back. <laughs> I'm That's how you know it's a no, good one. I never got it back. Yeah. I lent it to him, and he read it quick. And my barb is busy. Like, as <laughs> in, like <laughs> these man know who my barber is. He's busy, as in like he don't stop working. And he read it, and I never yeah. got it back. He loved it. Amazing. He man. loved that book. Amazing. Uh, another book I've read as well, which I'm currently still reading. Actually, I haven't finished it yet. Is um. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, man. So this is why we're here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you can give me some insight as well. I don't mind spoilers. I'm still going to read it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, um, just a quick little backstory on on how I even got into that book was I was out with some uh, dinner with some friends actually, and uh, my guy, he um, he's very successful um, business owner, um, owns multiple um, care homes. Um, was really young, young guy, uh, same age as me, really successful, and he had a pivotal po- moment in his life as well. Um, kind of up and down, uh, making a lot of money, yeah. bankrupt, had okay. to start again from scratch, and that book's what got him going again. Okay. Uh, yeah, he said literally he read that book, and he said somehow the, the the words were just jumping off the page at him, and he said literally um, he read it uh, probably like one and a half times. Uh, two times he said and, and literally he said that changed his life and he kind of just started this upward trajectory from there man um but very importantly 
he, he had his like just that, that streamlined focus that, that and that the directed focus and more time and uh, not looking left or right and yeah. understanding these steps will take him back to where he can get to. So yeah. yeah, that was the only reason I really picked that book up. I've always heard about it, but I never really got around to it. I was in the, I was in the, the, the transition of reading a lot of stock books and things like that. Um, but yeah, that was definitely, I kind of like did a right turn and started, uh, they went to, I went and ordered that book on Amazon literally the next day when he told me about it, man. And I've been mm-hmm. kind of nose, nose deep in it at the minute, man. So yeah. I'm about halfway at the minute. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really good book, man. Yeah. No, do you know what you mentioned that? That's a book that I, I consider like um, a self-development Bible for myself. It's serious, isn't it? It's yeah, a proper book. I need it, to reread it. Get, like you saying it now, it's like, I need to reread yeah. it. You'd want to want, you the highlighters as well. You got the little... All of that Yeah, stuff. you got it, man. You got it, man. All the, on, on the notepads, yeah. everything. Yeah, it's, 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 it's essential, man. Yeah. Um, and on that last point as well, with with uh, with within the book that I'm, that I'm on, again, for me, is, is my personal and the personal, in my opinion, the uh, investing Bible is money master the game uh, from tony robbins okay uh, about 600 pages deep yeah. so again it's not it's not a, it's not a weak read it's, it's a one you go back and forth like a textbook mm-hmm. but yo you don't need nothing else man it is like tangible actionable things you can use at any level whether you're a low income high income it's, it's yo it's across the board it's, it's it's serious man um and one gem from there just to give you some perspective is that with uh, retirement and we'll go into this yeah. as well people People look at retirement as as an age. Mm. Well, really and truly, retirement's a number because if you can retire earlier, mm. you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Course, so it's yes. not an age. Yeah. And one of the analogies in the book is that with financial uh, gaining financial freedom, mm. uh, it, think of a mountain, right? Picture a mountain. You know, most people climb up the mountain. Let's take Everest, right? But most people die coming down the mountain, don't they? On Everest, statistically, if you, you can Google this, mm. it's not on the way up to Everest. I didn't know that. Right. So, gem there for you. <laughs> but, uh, on the way up, like I said, that's your, that's your life ascending, you know, and, and let's say retirement's the peak. Yeah. But how do you get down? You can have a plan, mm. ain't you? Mm. So people don't look at retirement like that. They just think, oh, I was 65, I can stop working. Nah, the average, the average pension in the UK is about 36 grand, bro. Mm. That ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, People like people haven't got a plan to come down the mountain, and that's the easiest way to look at it. Like financial freedom is a, is an ongoing journey. It's, it's no, there's no destination with it. You know what okay. I'm saying? You've got to get to the peak first. Retirement's the peak. Mm. Let's say you're 65 or whatever it is, or sooner yeah. if you can. Mm. But down the mountain is important. Like if you're not actively working or got cash flow and assets producing you income to cover your expenses mm-hmm. and like i said you're going to have kids that follow you you're going to have mm-hmm. grandkids you're going to you're going to look to you know, help and support them but as well as your own you know if, if you're lucky your spouse and yourself are still alive and you still want to live a certain lifestyle you gotta have income you gotta work these numbers out and i've had a lot more insight recently into that with my uh, financial planner um i went to my wealth management and i'm looking at restructuring my life insurance currently and we'll touch on that yeah um and he was asking me a bunch of questions man and he made me think a lot about you know, the, firstly, people always have to you understand the number you need for your life insurance as well. Yeah. Um, so you need to understand what's the money for, break down the whys again. What do you want your kids to have if, if you want them to own a house? Do you want them mm-hmm. to you know, go to uni, education? And we literally went down, I won't go through the numbers as such, but we went through literally penny to penny, like where this money would go. And then he asked me like, okay, so hypothetically, if one of you die, you or your spouse, and this money's doing that, what's your partner going to live off? And it's like these things you've got to start planning, you know, and especially in our community, it's prevalent where like we don't plan for yeah. for any of these things. Look how many funerals we've been to and it's like, yeah. 
Either yeah. you know, but the whole go family's got go yeah, 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 me, yeah, or the yeah, whole yeah, family yeah. got a pool in. I remember yeah, my nan's funeral, yeah, yeah. skimping and scraping. My whole yeah. family it was like six and a half bags at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. 2015, big money at the time, you know. And we 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 tend to go bigger funerals. Our culture, you know what I'm saying? We go yeah. all out, yeah. but like no one ain't got the pee to pay all out. We, we we were skimping and scraping, and you know what I'm saying? And that and it doesn't need to be that way. So like I feel like life insurance should be yeah. a staple. And yes. I'm again I'm not an advisor. I'm not yeah. I'm not advising people on what to or what plans to do. But I always say, look, look into life insurance, people. Even before you even start touching stocks and that, I said, look, as a, especially as a you're looking to build a family or you've got a family currently, and if you haven't got life insurance in place, you're doing your family a disservice. Yeah, because it's 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 instant wealth transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that's the way I look at it. Yeah, it's almost like free money. More, more time, yeah. yeah, and it's just protecting the downside, man. Yeah, and again, yeah, yeah. with me, um, which is important as well, which has helped me with my mindset, I've always had that long-term mindset, but also on the side of that, I've always had defensive mindset. So always protecting downside. And an analogy as well, like I'm sure most of us played football growing up. Yeah, I always say with people who want to get into investing, you understand your investing personality. What's your risk tolerance? Mm. You know, what what are you willing to handle? What 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 can you what can you take? What can you physically visibly see on the screen? You know, what number is going to be too much for you yeah. if it's going in the red? Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, start with, like, if you played football, whatever sport, what position did you play? What position did you play? I was either centre mid or up front. Okay, so you might be a bit more risk adverse. You know what I mean? You can do a little a little run now and again, assist yeah. or bang a shot. Whereas me, I was a right, I was a left back, right? I was a right back. Yes, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I can tell with your demeanour or your energy, you're more risk adverse. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not into the mad crypto and doing the madness. I can mm-hmm. tell that by mm-hmm. the way you are. Because yeah. I'm looking, it's mirror image. Yeah. So, like, for me... I'm very much like I was. I was. I was a left back, but now and again I bust a little run up the wing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, cut in and lick yeah, it up in yeah, you know top yeah. corner now and again, and that might be my little, a little bit of a, a trade here and there, and that yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I understand my risk tolerance. Yes. You know, on a scale of one to ten, ten being your YOLO, mm-hmm. one being like you know you're shook. I'm kind of like a six, yeah. and that's cool. Like everyone's different, but you've got to understand what personality you are yeah. because if you get into this game not understanding that. She's gonna chew you up, man, because you're gonna see some numbers some days where like you ain't gonna like, and you've got about to stomach it. Like, my brother sent me a picture, a screenshot with like an emoji laughing, yeah, because he's a seasoned, seasoned investor. He's like 15 deep, 15 yeah. years deep, and there was 180 bags negative in his account, and he was like, "This is the time I'm gonna buy more." Then I'm cool, but most people can't do that. Yeah. You gotta understand who you are, innit? And there's no right or wrong in this. That's why that's why investing is beautiful because. It's, it's for everybody. There ain't no criteria for this. You don't need to be particular or come from a certain background or like a certain risk tolerance. You can do, you, it's your, it's, you know what I mean? The playground's your, your pitch, innit? So that's why it's beautiful, man. And everyone needs to get involved in it, man. Talking about getting everyone involved, what's, um, what would you say some of the most actionable steps for someone that is starting from scratch that has no knowledge of what we're talking about whatsoever? Yeah. Where could they start from? So firstly, a few good sources. Um, again, like I said, if you people like us that come from our background, people you want you want representation representation that look like us, dress like us, talk like us. The EYL guys are great, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they are they're great. They have you know they're very one on one. You can go all the way back in their content. Um, Investopedia is also a great site. That's more or less the. Before you go any further, EYLs earn your ledger for those that aren't aware. That's correct. Yeah, earn your earn your leisure, earn your leisure, whichever way you want to yeah. say it. Um, yeah, they guys, them guys are amazing, man. What they're doing for the culture for for this, they're, they're global now, man, and and yeah. it's it's expanding at an expen- uh, you know, a crazy rate. Um, so their guys, their guys are really kind of break down it into layman's terms again into actionable steps, and they don't just talk stocks; they talk all sorts of real talk estate. Hip hop as well. That's right? it. They 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 they, they break it into. That's it, and that's what I'm, I try to do as well. Is 
break that break that barrier and, and bring some analogies that people can relate to as well. You know what I'm saying? So I sometimes chuck in a bit of sport here and there or just personal experiences that most of us have been through, man. Because we've we've all we've all been in situations where we've had more months left than money. Facts. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like very important, man. So like it's uh and, and that's, that's that resonates with people instantly. Like that's hit you in it, where you you fought back to the times where you're like, so, yeah, I know. Them ones, them overdraft days, you know, <laughs> ones there. So like I said, I I just try like I try to reach people on a personal level now, and I've I've understood that's kind of where I need to be with it as well. Is is that's how you're gonna get? Because it is a science to this, yeah. There is a science. You've got to you've got to emotionally switch people on. Because you can't tell them all the facts and the figures every minute. Because that's hypothetical, isn't it? You can show them a bunch of money. It's still hypothetical. It's physical there, but they don't. They need to know the framework behind that. You know what I'm saying? And it starts here, man. But also, you got you got you got to get them in there, and, and that's how you encapsulate people is, is triggering them with emotion, whether it's trauma, whether it's a personal experience, whether it's a happy or a sad experience. But that's uh, that's definitely my focus going forward, man. Yeah, putting a bit of sugar with the medicine. That's it, man. Yeah. That's it. So no, I was going to say, I mean, I've been meaning to say this for a while. Um, is this somewhere where you actually learned to coach? I mean, because again, I, I, I don't know if I've asked many questions, but I've been just listening for the past, sorry, 45 minutes. And again, very easy to listen to in regards to your experience and Appreciate it, I man. guess your message as well. So is there somewhere where you learned to coach? Also, I'm assuming you coach, by the way. Um, <laughs> not, not coach, so uh, to say, I mean, I've, um, again, back to service roles, mm -hmm. um, personal trainer for a few years. I ran my own little personal training business. Um, I don't know to say little actually, Emergent Empire. So um, yeah, I ran, ran personal training. I fell out of love with it personally because I didn't find at the time it was scalable for me. I was selling a lot of my time for just money. Um, I could have went online, etc. But again, didn't have the knowledge or infrastructure. But yeah, mainly um, I'll say personal training was kind of the, the, the bedrock of that, definitely. Um, being more of that leadership for people. Um, never a dictator, but just again, pulling the greatness out of somebody, man. And understanding like, you look like that now, stick with me and you know believe in yourself more than anything i'm just the catalyst here i'm not i'm not the i'm not the guy who's turning you into something you're doing that but just bringing that greatness out of them um, and i've had some great results over the time man um when i look back but so that was pretty much to answer your question and in, in, in a nutshell that was definitely my bedrock for coaching should we say okay uh, people definitely i want to double down on what we were discussing earlier about um i guess actionable steps you mentioned yeah. life co uh, not life coaching life insurance mm. What's the importance of life life insurance and how can it impact those that don't have it? Right, okay. So, these aren't my own words, it's, but definitely my sentiment now. Shout out to, shout out to the guy, uh, Ross Mack, right? He said this, right? And I'll be paraphrasing now. So, take the environments we come from, right? Um, you know, from, from the, you know, from the council estate, from the roads, you know, there's, there's all types of madness going on there. People dying all the time. We know this, yeah, murders, people chefing, people shooting, all that stuff. But think about a scenario now, yeah, he says where if all those families, let's take 10 families, yeah, and there was 10, 10 deaths, 10 murders. If all those families were funded with a million pound life insurance policy, yeah, think how many tens of people get killed in London every week, every day. Do you not think the government would be stepping in and be like, hold on a minute, the money's, the money's getting changed up here. The money's switching up. Like... We need to do something about these communities. Do you yeah. not think development and things will start changing? Hmm. So that's 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 the bigger purpose for it. You know, the the, the immediate purpose is obviously the, the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. And if you structure your life insurance correctly, we'll go into that as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, you, you're setting up families to springboard, you know, whereas the wind rush come, you know, then the next generation, which is us, 
And then even the one after us with our kids, that'd be nice. You know what I'm oh. saying? Like at the misfortune of, okay, there is a demise, but that's a, that's in a given anyway. We're yeah, all going to yeah, die. So yeah. why not have a benefit for it? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, not to, not to gloss over that before. So I think, and, and I know this as well by studying Wall Street and how it works. Mm. You know, markets move the, the economy. You know, if you go down Canary Wharf, that is the, that's the hub of London. Mm-hmm. The, the money flows in there. Same as uh, Wall Street, New York, that, that flows America. That, that's how it works. It's, it's corporate. They're both corporations, countries. Yeah, we call them countries, but they're corporations. That's how it is. So if you've got these communities now, hundreds of houses are getting funded mm. and they're paying out 500, even 200 million here, there and everywhere. That's a lot of money flowing, isn't it? Where's this money coming from? Mm-hmm. Something's got to change. The government have got to restructure something. Mm-hmm. Communities, you know what I mean? There'd be more police to be around. There'd be, there'd be more funding generally because they're, they're, they'd be forced to. Whereas now, they're, they're banking on people like us not getting funded. And, and you know, not even... It's not even to the point where we're even lying on applications. We're not even applying. Yeah. You know, most of my family aren't even funded on life insurance. And it, it's it's baffling. Like, I've, I've told them about it and all that stuff. And you can't force no one to do anything. But the good thing is, focusing on the good, I've helped a lot of people navigate life insurance. And even, again, I'm not an advisor. I don't know it all. But I just talk from what I've done personally. And I said, look, you know, that's what I've done. Lay out in front of them. And if you want to do that, look or look into it. At least get a professional to advise you. Mm-hmm. Look into it. And... Most of them, you know, that I personally know, I have, have got funded now. And, you know, even if it's a 100,000, 200,000, it's all relative to what you can afford a month to, to pay uh, you, you, your premiums. But it's important, man. And and they, they said to me, all of them say the same thing to me. They can sleep better at night knowing that if tomorrow some idiot runs into them and they get, they get licked down or, or they go in a car crash or whatever it is, touch wood, they know that the kids have got a bit of a springboard. You know what I'm saying? And the mortgage is paid and there ain't no worry. But when we grew up, Funerals weren't like that. Funerals, you know what I'm saying? It was GoFundMe. It was you, donations. It was skimping and scraping, man. Finance thing. And it's, yeah. it ain't the way, man. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way. That's the more so. Yeah. That's more so. So to touch on that, that's, that's the importance of it. You know, that's the thick and thin of it, man. It's yeah. hugely important for us. When you look at the type of things we spend money on per month and the minimal amount you need to spend on life insurance or critical illness cover or both yeah. per month, it's like... It's parents. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a bottle of Hennessy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot. It don't make sense. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it, and, and one funny thing as well. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with TK Kirkland, comedian yeah. from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he does these little like Vlad interviews and all the yeah, rest yeah, of still it. Still watching but, Yeah. But um, one of them, he says, um, you guys out here banging in the streets <laughs> and you ain't got no life insurance? <laughs> you risking your life every single day? That's what saying. Yeah. It's real. Come on, Vlad. We got a school them on here, Vlad. Yeah, it's real, man. I know he breaks it down like, but it's yeah, it but is that's real. It. That's yeah, the yeah. message. That is the message. That's the first thing you should do if you're banging <laughs> in the streets. It's <laughs> real. And like, again, back to, uh, I glossed over slightly, but one of my huge influences, which I didn't mention, was non-physical, was music. And again, I've 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 listened to all genres, um, you know. But I've always I've always uh, gravitated towards Nipsey Hussle, mm. always from the day dot. Mm. And I've recently, the past few years, been breaking down his lyrics, and a lot of the stuff went over my head. But now mm. I'm open to it. Now my my mind's more open to it now. Hey, and one of his um, one of his lyrics where he says, uh, "Million dollar life insurance on my flesh," mm. and I thought, "Yo, he's saying it in plain sight. Like we need to have life insurance." Mm. Million dollar life insurance on my flesh. So when I go, family are good. Yeah. Obviously, you know, whatever the number is for yourself. But yeah. it, it's, that, it's that premise, isn't it? It's so important, man. Like, this lot of, Jay-Z's got a lot of lyrics as well. Nas is huge on the whole investment thing. And I think we need to, we need to champion these people more. And also, put pressure on rappers coming up to, to do more of it. Mm-hmm. Because, because unfortunately, in our culture, they are 
they are the influences. There will be people look to first. You know, somewhat. people what you know, even EYL and and even people like myself doing things now. I am fighting an uphill battle because I've got to again, I've got to work extra hard to get in front of people because I'm fighting for attention. Yeah, you know, whereas yeah, that a rapper nice, yeah. can can pull up in a Cullinan dripped up. Mm. talk whatever he talks but imagine if he's talking the real game people mm. are going to tap in mm. so i think it's madly important man for these artists and and also uh, it's not for the lack of him not wanting to do it to look cool they just haven't got the education they haven't got it themselves mm. and it's up to people like you know even people like myself and that to tap in with these people and, and connect with them and give them some game so they can push it forward because they've got they've got the platforms for it and they, it's there's you know they're at an obligation to do so i feel man you know yeah. So I think it's important, definitely. Yeah, it's a community drive. I think each one teach one. Hundred um, percent. Those that don't know can't can't um, produce any action. So for those that do, obviously, as you said, you're gonna gotta tap in. You gotta make sure that they got that. Yeah, it's so important, they can man. Use their platform, use their voice, and use their talents to to exacerbate it and make it make it cool, so to speak. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. And yeah. you know, dressing the way we do and not in suits all the time because you know don't want to come in a suit and it's not relatable instantly for the for the visual people you know what i'm saying so like just come how you normally come talk how you normally come you know what i mean you posture the way it is like people relate to that they see it's authentic you know what i'm saying rather than me all you know what i mean i wear a suit now and again but yeah. i don't need to be portraying this image that i'm i'm some smart dude because i'm really not i was mm. average in school mm. c grade mm. you know basic like um, education as such but education you know it's limitless bro like it's limitless man if you're willing to actually put some work in and absorb this information it's limitless man yeah, and always, i'm, I'm, I'm living proof that it is like you said like i can't particularly spell great i can't you know i'm not the best reader mm -hmm. but i make an effort to to you know i mean to push, push it forward man and to show you don't need a high iq to to mm -hmm. prosper you really don't like it's, you, you can be an average normal dude and do a bit more than the average person you know yeah. what i'm saying and that's yeah. what it's that's what's important man definitely it's mentioned something about um, restructuring the life insurance. Could you explain a bit more what that is? Yeah, again, so personally with me, only speaking on personal uh, some circumstances, so yeah. how basically your life insurance will work is it still can be a taxable event. So let's say you're in a partnership mm -hmm. um, or a marriage, whatever it is, and say now I pass, there'd be no taxable event on my benefit, mm -hmm. but as soon as my wife passes, it'll be taxed at the, the highest rate, which would be 40%. Yeah. So the way to, uh, let's say, uh, avoid that, um, tax avoidance and not tax evasion, mm -hmm. um, two different things, but is to set up a trust. You can set your life insurer up in trust. Mm -hmm. So a trust simply, again, to break it down in layman's terms, is an invisible agreement between me, the settler, with you, the trustee, mm -hmm. and the government can't regulate it or touch that money. It's an agreement between two people, which is invisible, um, and that that allows transferring of assets, yeah. whether it be liquid cash, real estate, stocks, yeah. whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, as a non-taxable event, yeah. literally. Um, so very simple to set up yeah. in, in within well within life insurance. It's actually free to do so. It's just an option you have to opt in for. Mm -hmm. It's not a price. Mm -hmm. uh, with your assets though, separately, like your houses and yeah. things like that, there is a threshold. I believe it is. I think three hundred twenty-five k in which. Not to set a trust up, um, you need kind of that amount for a trust to be beneficial for you, mm -hmm. kind of in assets. So your primary residence, that would be cash, stocks, whatever on the side. So my, my advisor said to me anyway, about 325K is kind of your threshold, which is worth you having a trust. Mm -hmm. So then obviously when the assets passed over to your beneficiaries, mm -hmm. that would be no taxable event uh, that, mm -hmm. that would take place. Yeah. So again, over time, you'd say kind of like a pay-as-you-go system where 
your trust as you restructure it and it grows and more assets pile into it you'll pay more fees and over time so it's just more of a um an active let's say holding for your assets to transfer to to your family basically so very very simple to set up like i said it's just it's just having the knowledge to be able to do so um but it depends on the size of your trust obviously the price will will increase over time depending on how many assets you've got so in a nutshell sorry I and mean, we're discussing life insurance and <clears throat> and sorry we discussed obviously it being not a pittance but it's not very expensive um life insurance so no, what would you say is the smallest thing you can kind of pull in together with pull in together with sorry in regards to sorry i forget the term you used i wrote it down um pulling money together sorry so as a community yeah mean? what's the smallest thing you would advise because there's some people who believe um the 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 barrier to entry is quite high when really it's not okay cool so that's again that's another thing why why i push stocks first of all um i'll come back to you i'll circle back to your question but with stocks again you, you, the perfect term you use is barrier to entry. Mm. I started with stocks because it was the lowest barrier of entry. You know, we know with you, you're going to get a real estate property or whatever it may be, there is stipulations of, you know, there's levels to it. There's credit. There might be initial payment, yeah. deposits and th yeah, things yeah. like that. There's all different stipulations. With stocks, there's no, there's no regulation. I don't need that to have a particular credit score. I don't need to have a particular budget. Mm. Different brokerage is different. There may be a minimum of £250 to start with, but effectively it's the smallest barrier of entry so that's why i always push people into stocks first because you're instantly as soon as you press buy on your stock brokerage account you're an instant owner instantly you're an owner of part owner of that company mm -hmm. and that's the concept people have got to take seriously and understand like yeah it may be one share or maybe a fraction of a share but you're still an owner you're, you're further ahead than you were yesterday and i had this discussion i spoke to you about the uber driver i spoke to leaving from Investfest, and literally from the from the journey from um it's a Kensington uh, Royal yeah, Albert Hall, yeah. isn't it? Up until uh, my apartment in Southwark, I literally converted him into an investor in that period of time. Yeah. So it's like 40 minute drive. I made him get the app out. He signed up there and then, yeah. and he funded his account with like 500 pound. Hmm. There and off what I told him. And I said instantly like, and he, you know, I said to, for him, Uber, Uber driving similar to yourself, it was, it, was a, it was a passive thing he did, which was easy to mm. get extra money. And I said, he works as well. And I said, you can literally use this surplus of cash you don't need and invest because that's all this game is about is get income you know limit expenses and that gap in between you invest that gap that's that's all it is yeah that's your leverage mm. that's all it is so i literally converted him into investor between that period of time of traveling and just pressing buy instantly you are and you are instantly an owner and that's why stocks are so important because they are they're also they're super liquid so even if you know turmoil hits and you need you need money out your account it would hit your account in like two hours. So if you sell and you can liquidate that money instantly, so you ain't got to wait for you a property to sell. Luck properties aren't liquid. Exactly. They're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. important. They're super yeah. important to have. And it's part of everyone's, should be everyone's financial planning to have yeah. some level of land or property or yeah. real estate. Yeah. But stocks are, are instant. Yeah. And a, a platform, uh, no, no kind of uh, paid advertisement here, but a, a platform I advise people to use is free trade. Because it's super simple. Um, it's it's what it says on it, and it's free to trade. Mm. And you can buy something called fractional shares. So you don't have to buy the whole share. It's, it's down to budget, isn't it? So if you can only afford £30 a week, and I've got some people in my group that £30, £40 a week, conservatively, and I said, you can, I showed them what you can do with that. And they're, they're all in, but they're buying fractional shares. So a fraction of Apple here, there, and there. Mm. So you put the £30 in, it would give you the amount of shares fractionally for that cost, yeah, yeah. for that value. 
So it's super important to anyone. There's no real excuse. You know what I mean? If you're watching Netflix for four hours a day, you're going out every weekend, you're going to have a spare bit of money here and everywhere. At least put that to use. You might not have millions in the end, but at least if you've got like a 60, 100 grand Support. sitting there in 30 years, yeah. that's nice. Everyone would, I, I wish I would, when yeah. I turned 20, my mum says there's 100 grand for you. Yeah. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. But yeah, man, that's, that's hugely important. So that barrier of entry back to that point is, is, is uh, the lowest when it comes to stocks. You know, that, so that's why I pushed that first of all. But on the back of life insurance, circling back, again, super low barrier of entry because again, nowadays you can get it for a fiver a month. You can get it for depends whatever. On, yeah, depends depends on, on your budget and yeah. what your needs are. But yeah, again, yeah, exactly. what I will advise is that the number you pick, yeah. don't always just think about your affordability because it also yeah. comes down to what you need. Back yeah, to the, yeah. uh, we spoke about initially about your planning. So yeah. if you've got a family of, you know, a family of three collectively, what do they need if you go tomorrow? Yeah. What are your expenses? They say the rough calculation is whatever your expenses are monthly to run your household, minus your luxuries and things. So your, your, you know, your car, your house, your food bill, schooling, things like that. Work that out annu annually and times that by between seven and 15. So that's kind of the, a gauge of what people would need to live off if the spouse can't work and the other one passes. So yeah. that's just a rough kind of guide that my financial yeah, yeah. advisor advised yeah. me on. Yeah. So just to kind of hopefully answer a bit of the question. See, I've got life insurance and critical illness, but I didn't get kind of, I kind of spoke to friends. I didn't really get proper advice. So what you're giving me is actually good because I can go back and I'll, I'll look at mine actually. My okay, policy, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of, so thanks basically that's all good that's yeah, what we're trying yeah. to do man push yeah, it forward like i said it. i'm not an advisor it's just it's just things i personally do so yeah. i can only speak on that i don't yeah, like yeah. theory and i'm not a philosopher and all that stuff and, and the have 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 could be's and whatever it is i just speak on what i do and and what i'm I'm, got, I'm continuing to do and that's what i do with my discord i give them updates in real time of what i do um we don't discuss too much trading and day trading and that's not my thing yeah um i i do dabble myself but again i don't push that on people because again, risk tolerance, but my main thing is long-term and anything I do structurally, financially wise, uh, financially, li literacy in general, I, I kind of give them gems in real time in, in the group, man. So that's, uh, that's what I try to do with everyone. Cool. Before we wrap up, what's the last message that you would like the listeners to hear from yourself and um, where could they find you? So you can find me on IG, Ash Assets is my main kind of outlet. Um, I offer a Discord, uh, Discord group there as well through Patreon. Um, so very simple. You can DM me the word assets. I'll give you some free help, you know, talk you through how to set up your first kind of investment, how to even set up a brokerage account. Um, I can run you through things like that. Again, I won't give you advice. I'll tell you what to invest in, but I'll just kind of give you, again, give you a, I won't give you the fish. I'll give you, you know, insights to, to be able to fish essentially. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the message definitely is, you know, this year is all about discipline, I think. And, and mm. this year we're going into a deeper recessional time. So again, people will be looking for escapism. People will be looking to be distracted because times are hard. That's human nature. Um, I would implore people to, if not tap in, uh, with myself and like-minded people and pushing the envelope, at least develop a skill and hone in, this year on yourself and and self-invest i think definitely lock yourself away you know don't go to the club as often and you know just just hone in on and, and build some discipline whether it is getting getting the body you've always spoke about mm. whether it is starting that business there isn't a better time um they always say within a recession you know great things are great things are forged so i definitely just double down on yourself and self-invest and and learn a skill man definitely yeah. this year 100 yeah. percent. cool um yeah we're just gonna wrap up we normally play um 
Dope or Trash, it's a, it's a little game, so I'm not going to give you too many books to, to say Dope or Trash on, but basically, I'll give you the name, it's just literally you hear the name of the book and you say Dope or Trash. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Cool. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon. Dope. 48 Laws of Power. Dope. To Kill a Mockingbird. Dead. Trash. <laughs> Moon People. Trash. The Alchemist. Dope. The Book of Ash Grant. Mega dope. <laughs> cool. Uh, all good. That's it. We're yeah. going to wrap up if you want to tie Yeah, just thanks for joining us. Really interesting conversation. I appreciate um, really it, enjoyed it. I mean, when you're down in London, I'd love to do a part two because I feel like we've got more out of this.